Welcome to the Basketpedia podcast. Brought to you by System Basketball. On this episode, we have Coach Evan Massey from Galesburg High School in Illinois. Coach Massey has coached for 43 years. He ran the system for four years. We will discuss why he went to the system and why he stopped running the system. So stay tuned. Hi, everybody. This is Coach Hart with the Basketpedia podcast brought to you by System Basketball. My guest today is Coach Evan Massey of Galesburg. He's coached there for 43 years, and today is very interesting. Coach was a tra- coach, traditional basketball, likes to play up tempo, went to the system from 2010 to 2013, and then went away from it. So we're going to ask some questions about his journey and why he chose to go to the system and why he left the system. So how are you doing today, Coach? I'm doing fine. Thanks for uh, letting me talk here. All right. So how's everything in, in Galesburg? Is it, are you guys under, is it, is it bad? Is everything kind of open or how's it going there right now with the COVID situation? Uh, Illinois um, governor has been pretty strict. And as a result with Chicago, our numbers were, were low, but then when it's opened up like every place else, our numbers are starting to go up and we've had, um, you know, virtually, uh, you know, I think we had three days of basketball camp this summer, but otherwise have been shut down. Oh, so you got three days in, and then they shut you down? Uh, yeah, that, um, yeah. It just, you know, I think here, it, the irony is in Illinois that you can't do things, but we're so close to Iowa, and um, that there's kids involved in AAU, travel baseball, all the other things, and they're going all over to different states, and um, have brought some of the disease back. Then. Okay, so you've been doing this for 43 years. Um, it's a long time. Um, I'm in year, am I 21, 22, somewhere in there. So I can't even imagine doing another 20 something years of this. But um, 2010 comes around and you've been playing up tempo, is what you kind of told me. And you, you went to the system. What was the thought process of why you went? back in 2010 to the system and switched? Well, yeah, like you say, you know, um, we'd been up-tempo um, in the terms that we didn't do the, you know, the system, the rapid subbing and okay. things, but, um, you know, we had usually played about eight to 10 kids. Um, we had um, defensively pressed man and uh, one, two, one, one. We um, would alternate back and forth and so created some tempo that way, played man-to-man. We ran uh, uh, Westhead's numbered break and then kind of went into some sets and things. But uh, we'd had really good success throughout the 90s and the early 2000s and had gone to state numerous times and um, kind of felt like the program was getting stale, that we were um, kind of losing something then. And... um, uh, we uh, had had a losing season the year before and worse had had kids that uh, I thought lacked enthusiasm and um, had had some different discipline issues. And I saw one of the things I saw coming in the, the year ahead was that we had uh, 
the, the incoming sophomores and juniors had some kids that were great attitude kids, some good athletes, and had some particularly good shooters. And the senior group uh, were some that I thought didn't have the same level of enthusiasm. And so one of the things that the thought was that I could go to the system and I could get these sophomores and juniors playing and maybe do it in a way that was disrupt less disruptive as opposed to just, you know, benching some other kids was part of it. But here in Galesburg, we're also um, Knox College is here, which is in the same conference as Grinnell. And so I would say, um, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s, whenever Grinnell would come to town, normally Knox would have, you know, maybe, you know, 150 people in the crowd. Grinnell comes into town and there's, you know, six or 700 people that are going there. Uh, one year, the uh, local newspaper uh, previewing the game said the uh, circus is coming to town. I was, was ask, I was just gonna ask you that because I'm in California uh, where coach Gary Smith ran it with Redlands. And I grew, uh -huh. I grew up in Laverne and that is in the same conference as, as Redlands, so when Redlands came down to Laverne. They would they would say the circus is coming. So it, it was it was the same thing. So that's kind of funny. Yeah, and I just saw um, you know what was happening, and I you know you'd go down and you watch Grinnell play, and I thought we were in general an up tempo team, um, but I also saw other teams um, you know are using a lot of things to slow the game down, and scores were in the 30s, and you're saying you're up tempo and it's not happening. And so in the back of my mind, I'd always thought, you know, would it work? And so that's kind of where I started the journey then as far as um, process of, of deciding, you know, what, was it something that would work? And in a lot of ways, it was, you know, kind of a brought an excitement of like uh, of uh, doing an experiment. Back then, Coach, were, were there quite a few teams running it or was it a, just a select few in your state or in the area? Because I know you're, you're around Grinnell. So you're, you're, you're not far from them. You're, like you said, you have a school that you can see them play. It's, so I would assume it's probably a little bit more popular in Iowa, Illinois, and in the Midwest where it originated. Um, how was it back then? Was it, was there a lot of schools or a handful? Um, at the time we went to it, I was, you know, the only, um, the only other school I was aware of doing it was Olivet Nazarene and um, with Coach Porter on yep. uh, the women's in the college level, but um, was unaware of any high school programs that were doing it. And as we got into it, you know, still really wasn't aware of any high school programs going in a way. So, you know, maybe for me, it was a point in a career that was kind of, ex that was kind of exciting. Yeah. I think now um, he's been on some of the zoom calls as yourself. Um, Zach Keen of Macomb. Mm -hmm. I think maybe are they probably the only team in the state probably running it in Illinois? Um, I think maybe, you know, on, on this side of the um, state that they are with it. I, I'm not sure. I think there were um, uh, maybe a, a couple teams in the Chicago area that were running it, but, um, you know, I, I'm not for sure that way with it. So did you? You, you coached the girls. Did you do it the Grinnell way? Did you do it the Olivet way? Or did you kind of do it your own way? Um, I, th I think um, somewhere between maybe Olivet and my own way 
with it that um, we, uh, uh, I, and I'm not sure I would have to go back and, and, and do some thinking, but you know, of um, really the education process was, you and I had talked earlier about the, the Yahoo Mail uh, group and, and got a lot of information that way and watched lots of videos and, and books and then met with Coach Porter. But we pressed, um, our, our thing was dead balls or makes face guard everybody full court, make them throw it over the top of us and, and get them going. Um, and um, we would, uh, like on free throws, maybe do a traditional one two one one and trap as it came in bounds, pressed misses, and then we um, uh, defensively, uh, we end in the half court. We're trying to get two on the ball all the time, kind of with that. So I think, you know, maybe press-wise, we were doing stuff similar to um, Grinnell with it. Um, offensively, uh, we stuck with, we ran um, the Loyola Marymount, the numbered break. That, that was kind of the foundation of what we were trying to do. And um, then uh, we would do uh, some of the Olivet dribble drive stuff, but um, probably the unique thing we did was um, we still would run some quick hitters with it. And um, uh, one year um, got uh, the opportunity to speak at uh, Grinnell Clinic with it. And, and one of the things that we talked about was some of the quick hitters we would use to get threes. And that was kind of, you know, not system-like <laughs> to be doing it. But, we, you know, we weren't setting up and running a lot of stuff. It was just real simple things of where we would do, um, like, uh, uh, had things where a flex cut, where we, we were really trying to do is get somebody lost and, and get a three coming up or screen the screener kind of action with it, those kind of things. But, um, you know, we, I think we still were getting shots off um, and getting threes, you know, pretty quickly. But that was probably the, the non-system part of what we were doing. So did you have traditional goals, like the five goals? Did you, did you? Did you yeah, we did. I had to modify them because we only played 32 minutes. But um, did you do the divided by 20%? Because kind of back then, maybe the five goals weren't, hadn't changed. Um, for people that don't know, the five goals that people talk about today are a little bit different than what they were originally. I think you probably know one. One of them was trips across. It was trips, wasn't it? Like across midcourt. I think Coach A originated, it was trying to get the other team's center to cross midcourt X number of times. It had, um, it wasn't, today it's changed. It's 100 shots, most people will say, 53s, offensive rebound percentage, uh, X number of turnovers forced, and a plus minus on shots. So I think that what's changed, maybe, I don't know if it was that, that way for you in 2010, but I think that fifth one may have changed. Am I right? Um, I don't know. The, um, the, the offensive rebound percentage was the same, forcing the turnovers mm -hmm. with it, um, X number of threes getting, and um, shot attempt. uh, shots attempted was the same with yeah. it. And so those were, you know, the same in terms of, of doing. Mm -hmm. So my question is, if you could ever recall, 
because the statistical category says if you hit all five of those goals, that you should win 96% of your games. If you can recall, if you ever hit all five of them, did you ever lose? No, I don't think so. That's, no. that's a, that, but the problem is getting them all five of them, right? I mean, that doesn't happen. I don't, I don't know how many times that happened. Do you know how many times you probably? No, rarely, rarely. But uh, uh, I thought for us, um, what really became, you know, a, a real predictor was number of threes made as far as wins and losses that way and, and became a, a, a big deal as far as getting um, what we wanted to do. I think that's fascinating because they never really talk about it. They always just say the five numbers and we've joked about it on some of the clinics and the zoom calls. I'm like, well, geez, guys, if you shoot 53s and you check off that as a goal, but you make one, you're probably going to lose because <laughs> you, you, you got to put the ball in the basket, right coach? So, I mean, what was that number? Do you, do you, did you, was it a magic number for you? Like 10, 12? Um, um it's, it seemed like if we, yeah, it seems like if we got 12, seldom did we lose. So you, with the, yeah. so you got 36 points off of threes. Right. And, um, you know, kind of ironic because one of the things of, I felt like what needed to do was really work trying to sell it, sell the, sell with the system, of, you know, first working on trying to sell it to the kids and, um, I brought a group of them in that I thought were our core, and we went through a, a PowerPoint in the spring and you kind of trying to get them pumped up about doing it. And um, like I mentioned to you with the blog, that was trying yep. to sell it. One of the things to try and build enthusiasm was we had the McDonald's in town. Um, they would make a uh, triple cheeseburger. And um, what would happen is we sold a T-shirt that said um, – Galesburg basketball, it's ridiculous. And then it had McDonald's logo on the back. And any of the kids or adults, if they wore a t-shirt to a game and we got um, 12 threes, they went and got it. They had a coupon and got a free triple cheeseburger. And what was neat was they, on the wall, uh, the student's body would have, would spell out cheese, uh, cheeseburger. And so oh, you hit the first one, they put a C up, the second one an H up. And anytime we got to that 12th one, which yeah, was, so and that so happens to be cheeseburger is 12 yeah. letters, right? Yeah. And um, <laughs> the, the student body would go nuts. And I remember once we had a, a girl who, if we were playing regular style basketball, uh, she wouldn't have gotten on the floor until the game was decided. And in a game, she in the middle of the fourth quarter was the one that hit that 12th one. And you would have thought that she hit the game winner and stuff. Everybody went nuts. So the system, what's the most positive thing about coaching it? I mean, what's the most thing? Well, what did you enjoy the most about running the system? Um, I think um, uh, you know, there's several things. I think one of the things I liked from a competitive standpoint is I like the fact that I felt like the other team was going to spend their week preparing for us. They were going to end up having to do things differently than they were ever going to do. I, I remember once um, we were playing in a, a regional championship 
And so the other team's going to be a good team. And in the paper, um, the coach bragged about how they'd spent all week working against seven defenders to try and get ready to play us. And to me, I thought right away, well, that that's a positive. If, if they're ending up having their kids spend an entire week doing something they don't normally do, what the coach is basically sending a message is what we usually do isn't going to work against these guys. You've got to adjust. And I, I, I like that. Um, I think a, a, another thing I liked a lot was that the tendency is you think of the system as being freelance that, okay, the kids, it's going to be all they're just do their own thing. And I think uh, the system is in some ways one of the most regimented things because there is, there's no gaps in play you know, that you turn the ball over immediately, there's a transition to the next thing. You don't get a chance to jog down the floor and think about it. Um, you make a shot, there's immediately you go into the next thing. And I think that's something that um, that is just really neat as far as the system, as far as being able to do those kind of things. And uh, I, I enjoyed that part of it. So on the, on the negative side, did you get a lot of flack in the community or administration or anything about when you, when you did it? Um, what was the main things that you, was it the typical, you give up too many layups, you shoot too many threes, you play too many people? Was it that type of thing that you were getting? Um, you know, to be honest, um, the, any of the people that really mattered, you know, in terms of my job or the players' things, I don't think I, we really had negativism that way. Um, the principal was like a hundred percent supportive of what we were doing, thought it was great in what we we're doing. Um, I think some of the Grinnell being close enough in terms of being there, I think it helped sell it some. Um, I th um, like the, the player who turned out was our going to be our best player that was returning and, um, she eventually went on, set state record for most threes in the season. Um, I was worried, you know, the, the classic of what's going to happen if uh, her dad or, or her, she finds out she's going to play less minutes this year than she did in the past. And they had a total buy-in completely with it. I think, um, in general, moms loved it, I thought. Dads were kind of... Um, I think with some of the dads, they weren't as excited about it because uh, some of the dads want to think that they're an expert in, in everything about basketball. And now you're doing something that doesn't fit right in their way of thinking. And so they're having trouble wrapping around it. And so some negative about that. As, as time went on, um, I know, like I remember one dad of a, a good player, um, you know, how parents can do, they may never say something to your face, but they say it to the people that are going to get it to your face. And uh, his, his comment was that I um, run in the crazy system and screwed up his daughter's shot. And, you know, that's was ridiculous in terms of, of what going on with it. But otherwise, you know, it was that the period of time we were doing it, newspapers had a lot of those deals where people could just go on the internet and they'd have comments 
you could put after it, and they didn't have to put their name with it or anything like oh, yeah. that. Anonymous, love yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the coach's dream. Yeah, and yeah, the, I the thought ultimate media or social media uh, hide behind the computer person. Yeah, and there were there were some people that were that way with it. Um, I thought, um, you know, the, the irony was, I think when it went to the system, some of the biggest critics were coaches you played. Uh, kind of the, the very first year we went to a um, in Thanksgiving tournament, so it was like our maybe fourth or fifth game of the year, we were playing uh, uh, the defending state champions who had the core of their team back but through different circumstances, their coach had been removed. So it was a new coach. And I think maybe out of a little arrogance that they didn't really scout, they didn't really prepare and just thought, you know, kind of dismissed, well, what they're doing really isn't basketball and we'll be all right. Well, we beat them, you know, something like, uh, you know, 85 to 82 and a real thriller, really good high school game and stuff. Well, their coach went absolutely nuts. And, you know, they almost were at the verge of having to get the police to settle him down. And I'm sure a lot of it was that it was just that, that negativism about with the system that you're doing something that they don't believe in and you beat them. And it's like, and so those kind of things are definitely were uh, fun and satisfying. So over the 43 years of coaching there, you did it 2010 through 13. Are all the scoring records and three-point records from when you ran the system? Um, three-point definitely are. Um, not all the points in a game. Pardon? Most most points scored in a game? No, I don't. Th um, actually, um, had been earlier in the '90s because we did in the in the um, uh, like from '95 to 2005. We'd had you know, we're, we're pretty up-tempo in, in what we did and, and pressed and stuff. And, you and like probably style back then? Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, somewhat okay. that. But we probably had um, more talented players than we did uh, when we were running the system in terms of, of things. So how much does talent play into running the system? Do you think you don't have to be as talented or, or I mean, obviously talent helps whatever you run, whether you want to play slow, fast. Um, but does, do you think it's an equalizer? If you're not as talented, do you think more teams should run it? Because my, my opinion is you got two choices if you're not very talented. I don't, I forget, uh, remind me, do you guys have a shot clock? No. Okay, so you could play that strategy. See here in California, we have a shot clock. So our choice, our choice would be to run like a Princeton offense or something like that and take shots under 10 or under five seconds on a shot clock. Just try to limit the possessions. That's my thing I think you gotta do if you're not that good or you play hyper fast, like a Grinnell style and you're trying to shoot it between seven and 10 seconds. What do you think it is? It, Cause I don't believe if you play middle of the road and you're not very talented, I think you're just gonna get beat. You, you're just uh, <laughs> yeah. But, um... I think, you know, a lot of the literature and the, um, the coaches that know a lot more about it than I do, the thing I always remember them saying is you got to accept if you're going to run this system, 
the good side is you've got a chance to upset people that you probably normally wouldn't, but you have to accept you may end up being upset by some because what have, what happened and things. But it's, I, I think, um, you know, like going where you're talking about the criticism of it and, you know, what do you use and things. I think that's where a coach, um, you know, there's a spectrum between, like you were saying, maybe Princeton at one end of we're going to walk up and do that to, you know, clear at the other end of a peer system thing. And there's, there's things in between there. I think one of the things a coach needs to decide if they're going to go to the system is you kind of decide a little bit ahead of time of what's your picture of what the system is going to be you know, with it, uh, what modifications you're going to be. And obviously you've got to have some consistency. Like I, I saw a team that, you know, considered itself a system team and they were pressing one, two, two, three quarter court, which to me is you want to slow a game down. That's the best way you can do it. And it's like, okay, I believe you can make adjustments to the system based on what you want, but it has to, you got to recognize what are you giving up with it and what you're doing. But I guess what I'm saying then is, um, when I chose to go to it, uh, I wanted to say, we're going to run a Grinnell style. I wanted to be, I, I wanted to sell it. I wanted a boom with it and stuff. I think a person knowing what their school is and, and what they're going to do, I don't think you, you, you can do it without saying that's what you're, you're doing. You know, if it's better to end up saying, we're going to play up tempo or we're going to play I think it's so much easier to spell saying we're going to play a Loyola Marymount style because I think people, a certain generation identify so many positive things with that. So yeah, especially here I, in, especially here in California. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, across the United States, I think. I mean, Paul, I mean, Westhead, that's ironic. Westhead, uh, bring him up for a second is he goes to Lakers, right? And, the guy that's known to play the fast, one of the fastest tempos ever gets fired supposedly because he didn't play fast enough for the Lakers. <laughs> and that's the rumored story. That's not the whole story, but that's part of, if you, if you watch the, the documentary on ESPN, the guru of go that I didn't, I didn't go fast enough. Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a, it was a butting of heads of him and magic and, and that let's be real what it really was. <laughs> so, and then the birth of Pat Riley and Showtime began. Uh, so, so two thirds, 2013 hits coach and what was the decisions or what, what, what was the thought process of moving away from it? What, what happened? Um, it's a good question. And it, it's, uh, it's one, um, my wife would probably like to hear the answers with it. Cause she'll always, I told her that, you uh, can bring her on. Yeah. <laughs> I told her, uh, that uh, uh, you had emailed and asked me to do this with the system. And her first thought was she ended up all of a sudden, she's not a real basketball fan. And she immediately goes, oh, good. You're going to go back to that again. She Because she loved it as, as a fan. Thought yeah. It was great in terms okay. of the number of playing and things. Um, you know, I think as got ready to, to talk with you, I kind of listed um, you know, figure out what were reasons we went to it, what were reasons I liked it, and then thought you'd ask this question, why didn't you with it? Mm -hmm. And to be honest, my list of, of what I liked about it, why I went to it, 
is much longer list than trying to explain. I don't think I could, you know, come up with a convincing argument to tell you why I didn't. I loved uh, playing multiple kids, uh, more kids that way, and they knew they were going to get in. Uh, we adapted the, the uh, shifts where, like, the girl that set the state record for threes, uh, we'd get to a certain point in the season, and she might stay in three or four shifts in a row with it, and um, she, you know, would say, well, I can't, uh, half court, I can't be running around trapping and doing all that, and I, I said, we're not having you out there to trap. You're not fast enough to do it. Just worry about getting threes up there and stuff. Um, but I don't know. I think um, um, I, I felt like um, the, as I looked at the group of kids that were coming in, uh, we had a, a girl that was going to be 6'2", six, 6'3", six, and um, I thought had potential to be very, very good. And she did turn out to be very, very good. But I just, uh, in my, I realized that there's places could play her in the system, but I just didn't feel comfortable about how I was going to use her there. And then um, I felt like um, I had a, a, a couple guards that were twins that um, the two of them uh, were very athletic, very skilled. I thought their skill level was a lot higher than the kids that were going to come behind them and stuff. So um, I think they would have, um, if just had them, they would have been great in the system because of what they could have done defensively. But um, they, uh, I didn't do that with it. Um, I thought that there was maybe a little bit of, I thought it was going to build the interest level, build our numbers. And I, I didn't see that we were getting the numbers sticking with it you know there were kids that were juniors that were getting to play a little that wouldn't normally and they didn't come back out as seniors and stuff so i didn't think our numbers were changing there and as i look back of maybe some of the reasons that i got away from it um were things that i could have corrected i think we shortened the practices in the tradition traditional grinnell way and i kind of looking back on it I think as a high school coach, I don't think I would have shortened them as much and I would have done uh, devoted time to more skill work. And it may not have been, you know, traditional system things, but I, I felt like some of the kids were losing skill level. And then the other adjustment I, that I could have made and should have made was um, I real the one aspect of the system I didn't like was the half court defense because when you got against better people and they spread it out and they pass it around and they have a wide open 15 foot shot, I had trouble with, and that's on me. I should have, um, we should have varied maybe what we were doing defensively there. And I've, I've often thought like maybe if I was going to go back to it again, would do completely Loyola and, and get back in a two, three zone and just say, Hey, we're going to, we'll go back far enough. So you'll take a quick shot. If it's, if you're not going to take a, a open three, we'll give you an open 17 footer. If you're not going to take it, we'll give you an open 15 footer. And I think you could still create tempo doing that and not necessarily, uh, you know, have some of the negatives it had with it. But I kind of, the irony is uh, this coming year, I see we've got maybe, you know, 
nine, 10, 11 kids I want to play. We're not going to sub the system way that quick, but I, we're really um, looking to do a lot more of the system stuff of, of I want to get it out, push it, um, pressure all the time and stuff. Maybe a dribble drive, Wahlberg type thing, or even LMU. Yeah, I mean, th that kind of thing with it. And I've, I've got confidence in, um, as I said earlier, when we did system things that we, um, it, it sounds chilling to system coaches to say, well, we ran the system and we ran some sets because I think they're thinking like seven passes and the shot goes up okay. is I think most of the stuff we did was just like where we're trying to, to get something in the, within the first 10 seconds. And what we did of, uh, we really didn't work on trying to get threes off quickly is the kid that couldn't shoot quickly. We just have them work on shooting farther out. And so they'd shoot six or seven feet off the arc. The, the kid that was our real good shooter was that way. She wasn't a, a, had a quick release, but shot as far as more range and, and what doing. And how many did she make in a career? Um, the one season, I think she had 139 threes, wow. which is our state record with it. And um, we actually, um, I don't know if it's posted, our state doesn't send the, the things in, but um, we did, we had some good shooters because um, the last I had checked, I, and I don't remember um, the total, but we, um, I wrote it down here. Um, we ended up uh, the most threes we ever took in a game was 72. And um, usually we're somewhere between 55 to 60, but averaged around 45. But uh, that, that we um, last I checked uh, most made threes in a season. We had 397, which is still the national record with it. But, and uh, the, the real source of pride is to get that we only are uh, second in uh, national with uh, attempts. We made, we shot uh, 1,476 threes that one season. So uh, we, we did take a lot of threes. I don't know how, how you ran it without a shot clock. I mean, if I'm opposing coach, I'm spreading you out probably once it gets across half court, like you said, and making life miserable for you and trying to make those kids minute shift turn into, into three minutes, like just to try to, but then again, then you accomplish what you want to do accomplish because you're getting them to play a totally different style just to play against you. So, yeah, and it, we really didn't. Um, I think our experience or my experience with it, the opposing coaches always seem to adjust, try to adjust of doing something defensively to slow you down versus like you're saying is I think the most effective would be offensively making you have to play defense. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I would do it if I didn't have a shot clock because I got that built in knowing that they have that up there that, that I know they have to shoot the basketball. Now it's just, can I get them to shoot it quicker than they would like to? 
Um, so did you do anything in practices like, or count it down in your head? Did you do the 12 second scrimmage or anything like that or 12 second shot clock in your head? Like you rebound and you go 12, 11, 10, nine, eight to help them? Um, um, to the no, um, I can't remember. There was somebody had come up with, and I can't remember the phrase that we used. Um, you know, it may have just been, that's too long. And so if we were doing something at a certain point, um, would just say that's too long. And they knew that meant they had to drop the ball and give it to the other team in what they were doing with it. But, um, yeah, it, I don't really remember you know, it being an issue of, of too long with things with it, of that um, they, they did a pretty good job of, I thought uh, going into it that zones, you'd get up the shots a lot quicker, yeah. but, um, you know, not. And that's, again, um, you know, Doug Porter, I thought his, his phrase all the time was, you know, that you didn't have to give up what you believed in and what had worked for you but you have to always weigh what impact does it have on the decisions you're making with the system and yeah. things. And I remember um, at some point, maybe early in, in what you were doing this spring with um, one of the coaches um, was talking about that in the half court, instead of doing two on the ball all the time, they did it out of a, a one, three, one. And, it's to me what you were describing earlier about patent offense passing around the thing that when, sometimes when we play against a one, three, one, if our kids can handle it and, and pass that the game just slows way down in what you're doing. And I think that's where uh, defensively you just can't do those kind of things and, and remain a system team. Yeah. I remember biggest thing that's set with me with Doug, and system coaches is whatever you're going to install with the system. If it, if it slows you down from getting your three point attempts or getting the shots up quickly, then you should probably shouldn't put it in. Like, like you said, with the one, two, two, three quarter press, there's variations that you can do with the pressing. And I'm a Wahlberg press guy. And I took this to heart with Doug. It was like, almost like he was like looking at me and saying, this is, if you run a two, two, one press, you're, you're not going to create the pace fast enough. And back in 2010, 11, when I was doing this and called Gary, I wanted to go faster. I never pulled the trigger on it. Um, and he said, you need to switch press is what Gary told me too. So the both of them, because Wahlberg, Wahlberg's plays in a quicker tempo as well, but you don't create the pace because you're not gambling as much. Mm -hmm. You're more protecting the rim. Uh, so you're not willing and, to give that up is what and that's a big criticism of the system is that a lot of coaches including myself right now as I'm processing doing this is is the aspects of seeing a kid lay the ball in the hoop without a without a defender back there it's like kind yeah. of ah. but I think um, I don't uh, you know the observation I had and something I think if I was doing it again, that I'd try to be better at than was, is that I think sometimes um, you have to you have to believe in what you're doing, and so you have to believe in the system, and so you believe in the system that um, a lot of people I think started 
and started into the system and then uh, they hit a couple bumps and immediately then, okay, we're not, we're going to stay a system team, but we're not going to press any because we're giving up too much. Well, then, you know, you're not really a system thing, but I think if I was going to do it again, I think I became a little bit lazy in, in terms of game stuff of where we'd press a certain way and you got to be able to still make adjustments within the game with it. Um, I, I don't know if this makes sense, but this past year, a team that they aren't a system team, but was a team that wants to create tempo. And so they were pressing full court, really, really aggressive. Well, every single time they would, the other team pass it inbounds, they would go trap it. They would then weak side wing would rotate up and take away the inbounder. The middle person would take away the sideline every single time they left the middle open and they just did it over and over and over. And I think that's sometimes what system coaches we can fall into is we just start doing things the same way. And within a game, you know, the obvious adjustments, if they're going to press break with two up or three up or four up, that you have to be able to adjust with it. But I think uh, for me, looking back, if maybe if I had studied it more and worked harder on how to adjust the half-court trapping, I would have stuck with it instead of giving up on it. Yeah, I mean, there's different people, how they do it. Um, Grinnell will trap everywhere. And then Gary Smith, if the ball goes to the corner, he'd play lock coverage. He wouldn't go run and trap when the ball went to the corner. I learned that. And then Lauren Glenn, the new all that took over for Doug, she does things a little bit differently in the half court as well. So, I mean, there's, even though it's system, there's still different variations off of it. Um, but like you said, there's a lot of teams that may play up tempo sub five in, five out. And they say they're system, but they're not system. They're just playing. They're just playing up tempo. Um, they just want to say that <laughs> they're system. Um, so you said that you might go to it again. So you got your eight to eleven. So you're looking at playing up tempo, um, and you've been studying some stuff during COVID. What what you've been what have you been looking at, and what are you potentially going to take back to your program? Well. Um... I think, um, you know, it's, it, it's not as much anything new as much as uh, just kind of going back and kind of doing, listening to some of, of your presentations and others, looking back at things that I don't think we, if, if I say, if I say to you, we're an up-tempo team mm -hmm. and then you watch film and what would you look at and say, well, you said you're up-tempo, but you're not doing this and this and this. And I, that's kind of what I've tried to do some. And like one of the, the things is um, I think when we were good, whether we were system or regular, that the Paul Westhead of getting it out of the net and getting the ball up the floor and um, of getting back to that mentality of the idea that we're going to push the ball up the floor, whether we're taking a shot, we're going to push it up the floor all the time. And, I think that's, you know, something of, of doing. I think the, the other is of, um, in terms of creating tempo and, and different things of, 
the the mixing up pressing one two one one and an aggressive man to man with it. Um, I think that um, isn't as effective for tempo as face guarding, but I think we can get our turnover percentage up higher doing that. So looking at, at some of, of those kind of things with it. Last question I have for you is, what advice would you give to any coaches that would want to run the system? What would you advise them? Well, I think, um, you know, one is, is study it. You know, a great thing about the system, I think, has always been of what you're doing right now with others is that uh, communication of, I've never in coaching been through a situation where coaches were so willing to share as, as system coaches. You know, that they're not, uh, I always think of North Carolina as the ones where you could go uh, hear Dean Smith or Roy Williams when they'd speak at a clinic and they'd talk about uh, the Carolina break and they wouldn't give you anything because they give, you the, clin- all they the give you the clinic answers, right? Yeah. But I think, you know, study those things that way. I think um, you, you learn it, you learn what the basics are. So like you said earlier, you have to understand anything you're going to go away from, how are you affecting those basics with it? I think you have to sell yourself. And if you're willing to do it, um, again, great advice my wife gave me was I think the first year, maybe right about Christmas time or something, I had some doubts about what was going on. We'd lost a couple games. And her comment to me was, you know, you spent all this time trying to figure out how to sell the kids on running the system. And her advice was, you should have spent some of that time selling yourself. That, and I think that's, you got to make sure as a coach that you're going to sell yourself on, on what you're willing to do and then be willing to, to stick with it in, in what you're doing. But I, I would really say if you're, if you're going to do the system, I think you need to be willing to, you got to, you, um, you, you sell it to your players, but I think you need to make sure you sit down with your administration and you don't, you don't go to them asking for permission to do it, but I think you educate them on here's what we're doing here's why we're doing it. And from your standpoint, we're going to play more kids. We're going to end up teach these kids to play hard all the time and do it. And so, cause you want them, cause I don't think you want the, your administration going to a game and then, you know, the guy, my principal at the time was a, an old wrestling coach. Well, I didn't want him going to trying to figure out why we were subbing five at a time and doing all the other things and, and so I, I think you got to, you know, convince them that way. And then the, the last thing I think is, is you got, you know, the system goals and you do different things with that and that will increase your odds. But don't, if you go to the system, don't get, let it get lost in the shuffle that there's still a scoreboard up there and that your, your objective is to try to win games and it's not to, you know, set certain other records and what you're doing. So if you have to massage the system with your group to get some wins, you know, that's not illegal. It's, it's kind of like uh, sometimes in the system, as a coach, do you feel like, you know, you've got um, all the different resources now. It's as if you need a confessional, that a system coach needs to come in and, and do a confession as, that they violated system rules in order to win a game. There you go. 
<laughs> That's a good one, Coach. Um, I want to thank you for coming on. I want to wish that you guys stay safe out there in Illinois, and hopefully we have a season. And good luck to you and your program at Galesburg, and hope to see you on some future Zooms with us. Okay, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. All right, Coach, thanks. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Basketpedia podcast with Coach Evan Massey. If you truly enjoyed our podcast, I would appreciate you making a donation to Coach Hart. The link is in the podcast description. It will help him to keep providing great content for you. To get all the latest updates on the podcast, follow us at our Facebook page, the Basketpedia podcast.